You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm health editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by Professor Melissa Haswell from Queensland University of Technology, lead author of an article that explores the impact unconventional gas mining might have on the health of Australians living in rural areas. Thank you for joining me, Melissa. Most welcome, Dallas. The article laid out health concerns in six key areas. What are each of these issues and, and what is the evidence telling us about how they might affect the lives of rural Australians? Yeah, um, I think one of the key points about unconventional gas mining is that there are so many dimensions of concern. Um, and the six are sort of groups where we have quite a bit of information. Um, but we do certainly have, we still do have uncertainty in each of the areas. Um, and the article was really to let people know that the evidence is building and we should take note of it um, because quite a bit of it is suggesting that there are actually problems in these areas. So the first one um, that we identify in the article is about that there's really no demonstrated long-term solution to um, handling and disposal of these vast quantities of wastewater. Um, the wastewater contains many different chemicals um, of different types that could potentially um, affect health if people become exposed. In, in, when we think about each of the aspects of the operation, one of the biggest problems that, that are fa- is faced is how what do we do with these vast quantities of water? Um, and I just wanted to highlight the types of um, um, potential chemicals of potential harm. Um, volatile organic compounds, a lot of focus is on that both in terms of water and air because they volatilize into the air. Heavy metals, potentially radioactive materials in some places, but just highlighting endocrine disrupting chemicals because I think these are ones that health professionals um, can really understand the significance of these more than um, perhaps people in, in other disciplines because they operate at such low concentrations. Um, so a small spill if of, of one of those chemicals or, or a spill or even um, routine uh, discharge of the waters into places um, because they operate at such low levels, um, we really need to pay very close attention to these. We still don't have a foolproof way of, of dealing with all of this wastewater um, and things like accidental surface spills, um, possible potential for aquifer contamination, uh, potential for for um, other ways in which water can become contaminated is obviously of a, a, an important health concern, particularly where they go undetected or unnoticed um, or in, in water that um, isn't adequately treated. Um, the second issue um, of concern is around air pollution. Um, and interestingly, in the US, in Australia, just like in the US, um, Initially, a lot of focus was on the water, um, and certainly those issues are still relevant. But uh, over time in the the United States, there's been more and more emphasis on um, the air emissions that could potentially have the greatest direct um, public health impact. Um, All stages of mining carry risks from the, um, the actual gas operations themselves, the handling of the wastewater, Um, the use of trucks and machinery, uh, 
enormous numbers of um, of uh, truck movements occur when the operations are in progress, and this can go for months um, in in areas, particularly rural areas, where there had been very little traffic before. Um, and the the studies that have been done are getting more sophisticated. It's it's not an easy um, issue air pollution, particularly in this uh, industry because there's a lot of spatial variation. So some wells might not emit too much of concern, whereas others might be super emitters where um, there are a lot of concern. So it depends on how you measure things, what types of measurements you use, what types of chemicals you look for. Um, and But we are getting better and better um, at understanding these uh, emissions from the US as time goes on. I just point out that a lot of that information comes from shale gas mining, and we know very little about um, these, uh, uh, what actually is emitted in coal seam gas mining in studies that actually use these more sophisticated methods. We have a number of um, public health studies that have looked at differences in various health outcomes in association with living close to wells. Um, and there's been a wide variety of potential concerns arising from those studies, um, particularly of, of concern would be for pregnant women, babies, and children um, for a range of reasons. Air pollutants are always more concerning in that situation, as well as people with chronic diseases. Um, so there has been a, uh, a number of studies looking at birth outcomes and um, indicating um, that there might be a lower reduced average birth, uh, birth weight. Um, something around, one study suggested something around half of the lower average that you might get from smoking during pregnancy. Um, as well as um, one study indicating preterm birth and higher risk pregnancies happening more frequently, and one study suggesting um, some kinds of birth defects. So these are very young studies. Um, I'm certainly expect that we'll see a lot more as more people are focusing in on, on that. Um, and in terms of adult risks, um, one study find, found higher cardiovascular and neurological patient hospitalizations associated with greater activities in the postcodes. Um, but probably the, the leading study so far in terms of the design has been one that looked at and found um, quite significant exacerbations of existing asthma conditions, um, both at the mild, moderate, and severe levels. Um, and that, that is something that I hope we, we hear a lot more about from over in the states where there are large populations being exposed and these studies are possible. Um, there hasn't been much at all in the US around health studies. There was a very um, small, a bit ad hoc one from Queensland Health where they sort of compiled existing information um, and they did not find an association between uh, symptoms people were reporting and air emissions, but the quality of that study compared to the ones I've been describing um, is it's not equal. So we, we certainly need more studies in Australia. 
Um, competition for water and land. Um, I think that is something that we we were already seeing in the Darling Downs, where um, coal seam gas mining is expanding quite rapidly now. It's gone from the sort of boom and development period into the actual um, production phases. And those that's where the industry really spreads out um, and lots and lots of wells are drilled and often quite close or in people's um, um, farm on their land and certainly in their living space. Um, and I think one that's particularly important for nursing or for anyone working in the health healthcare services in communities um, where this industry has come into is the risk to social emotional well-being as well as mental health. Um, there are many changes that occur. Um, people are affected at the individual level, particularly if they are in the proximity of um, the industry activities. They're worried about health concerns. They're putting up with lots more truck movements, um, their lights and noise. Um, and in their in their individual lives, they're greatly impacted. Their landscape may be changed. Um, as well as in their community, there's uh, driving in and driving out, fly, uh, a lot of activity for the boom period, um, and communities can very much change character during that time. Um, and then you may have a boom period, and then you may have a, a downturn period where those jobs are gone, um, and kind of feeling of a community that's bustling has, has gone away. Um, in the Darling Downs, I think they're very much um, in that phase. And I think University of Queensland is um, doing research there on those social impacts. But I guess a, a, high, a study I'd really like to highlight because I think it's, um, it's an excellent uh, piece of work is by Morgan and colleagues from um, University of New England where they extended an existing uh, tool to measure uh, stresses on farmers. And they added in a coal seam gas mining specific component of that and were able to find for certain groups of farmers that are in, uh, close to the activities, um, uh, a contribution of their stresses and concerns and worries about the industry uh, in their sort of overall distress burden and also uh, associated with higher levels of uh, possible depression and anxiety. So I think for for healthcare workers where this is going on, the other things aren't quite so obvious, but I think these mental and psychosocial health concerns are really important. Um, and then the fifth is around, um, we <laughs> we all, had high hopes, I guess. So um, in terms of this industry, it was widely publicized as being a clean industry and lower emissions and good for our um, uh, reducing emissions and protection of uh, reducing climate change. But I think that has been very largely overturned now um, because uh, research has shown even though if we burn the burn some natural gas versus burning coal, there are fewer carbon dioxide emissions at the end point. 
uh, the process of getting it there um, and the unconventional gas mining is um, uh, co probably contributing way more than was initially uh, calculated or anticipated. And that's through uh, fugitive emissions where methane gas escapes during the process from beginning um, from drilling, from uh, fracking, from handling the wastewater and production, right the way through to its delivery um, through pipes, etc. So now, well, whereas earlier, very low estimates of the amount lost um, were used in calculations, but now um, it looks like many fold um, higher emission levels are occurring. Um, and we've seen a terrible accident last year in California where a storage facility in uh, Aliso Canyon released an enormous amount of methane um, and other volatile organic compounds and was actually a significant contribution to California's total uh, emissions over that very short period. So these large events and accidents that are occurring and really we can't overlook them they are significant um, and then finally i think that what we often hear oh it can be regulated this is the safest we have the safest most strict regulations in the world etc um, over in the united states in on a trip that i took last year with uh, with some australian farmers and some politicians from south australia um, they were saying the same thing over there, we're safe, we're regulated. So I think it's very easy to say regulation will take care of all these issues. Um, but if we don't even know clearly what all the potential risks and impacts are, um, it's, it's very, we're only going on faith and trust rather than actual um, proven regulation that, that does actually address all of these concerns. And so where did you gather this information from? Yeah, so I started actually in looking closely into unconventional gas mining and health literature back in 2012 when um, there was actually a proposal to uh, drill wells um, in Sydney's water catchment area where I was living at the time. And at that point, it was very easy to sort of do a quick do a review and, and um, find most of the papers that were published. Um, however, between 2013 and 2015, um, there were approximately 685 uh, publications in peer-reviewed journals um, addressing health concerns in the industry, um, and so it got harder and harder actually to keep keep head above water in terms of the new information that was coming. Um, I think, so this paper actually comes from just a constant um, keeping an eye on the literature, looking at papers that were particularly um, bringing in uh, new concerns and, and, um, and, and more quality studies. Um, and the a, a paper or the physicians and scientists and engineers for healthy energy in the United States um, keeps a database of all publications or at least as many as they um, as they can. And they did a summary of that evidence um, uh, at the end of, up to the end of 2015. And 
just looked through it and said, looking at what proportion we're saying, it's okay, there's no worries. Um, and the proportion that we're bringing in new information and new data that was actually indicating problems, whether it was air pollution, um, water concerns, or uh, public health impacts. So that makes it, this, this database is publicly available and anyone can go um, and gain access to uh, those publications. There's also been some quite um, rigorous reports done, particularly the New York Compendium, um, which has been uh, uh, published regularly, um, uh, where they compile scientific medical and media findings around um, concerns and risks. And they just came out with um, their fourth compendium in November. Um, and in Australia, I think we, we are starting to get ourselves on the map in terms of um, good research. This, there's quite a bit in um, sociology of rural areas, uh, which was not covered in, in this review, but it certainly is um, adding to concerns around what happens to rural communities um, when the industry comes to town. So uh, it's, it's part of a, quite a, a long-term commitment to keeping up with the literature and also um, being in a group for the, with the Doctors for the Environment Australia. And we share, we frequently share uh, papers that are of particular relevance within the group. You said while it's too late for a precautionary approach for millions of people living close to these operations, public health professionals can support rural residents and decision makers to avoid, limit or, or address these potential harms. What can healthcare professionals concerned about this issue or, or some of the issues laid out in the article do to help uh, rural Australians? Yeah, that's a great question because we are at a stage where the industry is in an infancy, um, apart from in um, the Darling Downs of Queensland and sort of areas around there. So different states and territories either have or are currently um, undertaking reviews. So um, initially it was the New South Wales government in 2013, where the chief scientist and engineer um, didn't an extensive review at that time, um, listened to uh, community members and not as much of listening to health professionals as we would have wished. But um, that report, I think it was a good model for the time. However, um, it was done in 2013. And so it's very out of date in terms of what we now know um, from research studies. Uh, but other places, um, Western Australia has conducted a review that was very limited to only hydraulic fracturing, um, and they de determined that it was all okay. Um, health professionals in that case can say, no, there are many aspects of the industry that raise issues of, of, of concern and actually put that information um, in front um, contributed to government processes, etc. Um, joining um, Public Health Association or the Climate and Health Alliance um, 
where which um, many different many nursing groups there are nursing as well as allied health groups as well as university um, and doctors they that um, respond to government inquiries etc to get this information forward um, in Victoria the, their review of the industry led them to actually put in a ban they decided that the risks um, and the proof that regulation will protect Victorians um, from unconventional gas mining wasn't sufficient. So they have actually put a ban in. And I think a lot of that is because the Attorney General um, listened to health professionals and did, their, did the homework regarding um, the kind of information presented in the paper. Um, South Australia, um, the initial inquiry report, um, which um, the Doctors for the Environment um, made a submission to, and I made a presentation um, working side by side with farmer, some farmers and um, local health uh, professionals. We, we brought these forward in, in the inquiry. So I think we can, we can get this information, we can digest it. Um, and we can so we can work in terms of whether the industry is appropriate or not or safe or not for a particular area um, in terms of limiting. So if the green light does go ahead, um, we but we're there in terms of what things need to be um, sort of a harm reduction or by knowledge of knowing what can go wrong with health, trying to ensure um, wells aren't too close to houses. Um, and the, sort of the mental health issues, the, the, the community issues are taken care of or as, as best as possible anyway. Um, and then there's places like the Darling Downs where it is already there, it is already impacting on people. Um, and I think the transition from no industry into a booming in the development phase and now, um, now that that's over, um, that a lot of the negatives, I think, of the industry are now becoming everyday, part of everyday life. So I think we, we need to really understand um, what's going on there, how people are being impacted at this stage, um, and be able to call for the different sorts of monitoring um, the um, of potential uh, exposures, and also attention to perhaps if people come in with symptoms, where do they live? Um, what sort of activities were happening at um, at wells around them? What about their neighbors, etc.? That sort of um, localized studies that actually involve community residents, I think, would be come go a long way to help people um, deal with the fact that their lives are really quite profoundly changed. In what other ways do you hope this information is used? Who should take note of the concerns laid out in the article? Well, certainly our decision makers. Um, I think it's very easy to look at one, <laughs> one sliver of this information and go, oh, no, that's okay. The water will be okay. Or um, looking at individual aspects. But I think um, it is a these impacts cross such so widely into many different areas 
that bringing this voice of we need to have everything in the equation when we decide is this going to be a positive good step for a community or is it going to be one where we have some people potentially winning and many people actually um, losing. Um, so to me, I would very much like to see decisions being made at the top with public health professionals, with people from the communities right at that decision-making table. And rather than gloss over the uncertainty of the research to actually say, well, we need to prove this research to be wrong before we know it's safe. Um, and we're, we're certainly not in that space at all. Thank you for your time, Melissa. You're welcome.